0: Welcome to the At TSN Hockey Every Other Friday Bobcast, featuring the original Hockey Insider, Bob McKenzie. Hey, that's me, answering your questions on hockey or just about anything else, within reason of course. If you have a question you would like answered, email me at bobcast at bellmedia.ca. That's B-O-B-C-A-S-T at bellmedia.ca, and we'll try to get it on the Bobcast.
1: We were a blowout of wicked
0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the At TSN Hockey Bobcast. This one for Thursday, February 22nd, 2018. Did I just say Thursday? Yes, I did. I know the Bobcast usually comes out every other Friday, but this episode, which would be Season 2, Episode 12 of the Bobcast, is coming out on a Thursday because we have a very special opportunity, a rare opportunity here for the first ever pre-trade center insider trading Edition of the Bobcast, and and more importantly, this is really something. We have guests, real live guests on the Bobcast, and not joke cameo guests like that time we had during the Cup final in Nashville when James Duffy and Puffy stopped by to be humiliated. So I would like, it's my great honor here to welcome uh, my fellow TSN insiders Darren Dreger and Pierre LeBrun to the Bobcast, gentlemen. Thank you very much. For stopping by.
1: Well, I'm wondering, uh, will we be furnished with gifts? Because when I do the Rubber Gloves podcast, which is hosted by uh, James Duthie, uh, he at least provides something other than annoying me with conversation about my dearly deceased mother in law. So I, I assume we're not talking about that. <laughs> no, we won't be talking okay. about
0: that. We could talk about your dog, Tiny, okay. which isn't.
1: Is that a pony?
0: <laughs> it's close to a pony. Dreg, Dregs a has name. the biggest dog I've ever seen. In my life. <laughs> you should go to YouTube and, and look for that. Con- there's a, c- a comedian who who does. Well, would you look at that? Would you look at that? And he sees a big dog and he says to the guy, is that a pony? <laughs> that's that's Dreg's dog, dog is pony big. Yeah. Anyways, also uh, joining us, of course, my good f- friend and fellow wine connoisseur, Pierre Lebrun.
2: I, I was going to say, I, I, it's an honor to be here. But the next time I'm on, let's make it a Friday night with, uh, you know, a little, uh, little red in the glass, right? Well, it is National
0: Margarita Day.
2: I, I saw your tweet on that.
0: Yeah, so I've got the new margarita machine, but I'm not cracking that open until we get to the cottage in the summer. So in any case, thanks very much for joining me, gentlemen. Really appreciate it. And it is a crazy busy time for, for all of us, and it's a fun time for hockey fans. I don't know if it's as much fun for us um, as it is for them. But so let me before we get into the nuts and bolts, and we some of the things we're going to talk about today. Every Canadian city, we're going to drill down on what they may or may not do by the deadline. All the big names, we're going to drill down on whether they're going to move, and maybe even during the bobcast, you never know. There's lots of talk lately coming out of New York about the Rangers and which of their rentals might be on the on the verge of moving. So hopefully, uh, by the time you're listening to this, not all the news is broken. But in any case, back to the question at hand. Uh, Dregs and Pierre, how much do you love or hate this time of the year?
1: Uh, I'm closer to love than I am to hate. And uh, the reason is, you know, I'm pushing 50, and it's tough to get the juices flowing. And this is the one time of the year where the juices legitimately flow. The adrenaline gets hyped up. I mean, we collectively work as a team, which is great because, you know, of course, you take individual pride in breaking stories, but how we break stories collectively is uh, always a fun part Of the uh, process Um, and you know we work in an environment through what 350 days of the year where it's so vanilla in the National Hockey League now because of the salary cap and the Mm -hmm. other restrictions on clubs and general managers that this is the one time a year obviously around the draft in July 1st are the other times where you actually get some meat on the bone and you can speculate and you can break news and it's tough otherwise in the league. I was going to say, I like this time of year more since I started working with you two
2: (laughs) 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 than competing against you, I can tell you that. But, um, you know, it's not a love-hate thing for me. It just is. It's the job. And it's why I actually got into the business, you know, as a kid. I loved knowing when the next trade was coming and I loved being the first one to tell my dad we got home from work. I just, I always loved that part of it and that's why I do it. But I I tell you, you mentioned around the draft in July 1st. It's interesting how that part of the year has become as big, if not bigger, in terms of blockbusters and impactful moves. The problem is it's not on one specific day. Yeah, <laughs> You've got about a four-week window there where the likes of, over the years, Subban and Weber and Taylor Hall and all these guys have been dealt. And more to come this summer, boy. I think yeah. it's going to be a big summer.
0: And, Dregs, you mentioned you're you're pushing 50. Well, I, I pushed right past 60 um, on the verge of being well past 60. I'll be 62 this year. And so, yeah, I I love hate you guys love it. Um, some days I hate it. I guess I guess what it really boils down to is we kind of do the same job all year. I mean, what we do this week leading up to Monday is no yeah. different than what we do in September, October, November. It's just that there's more people doing it, and it becomes that much more difficult to do. And it is more like shooting fish in the barrel because there's there's so many more mm-hmm. more targets to have. But I I don't know about you guys, but when I phone a general manager at this time of the year. I, I have a, like a mental image of him looking at his phone and like the thought bubble coming out. He sees Bob McKenzie or Darren Drager or mm-hmm. Pierre Lebrun on his phone. And he's like, I do not want to talk to these assholes. <laughs> I do not want to talk. And it, it just kind of makes me laugh because it goes to voice. It usually rings like five times. Yeah. And you know, by the fifth ring it's going to voicemail and nobody ever leaves a voicemail anymore I, I know I don't. I don't know no, if you, you guys no, don't leave voicemails. No, do you? Voicemail no. is like so. Now I should point out. I actually I forgot to mention, we have a neutral observer in here today. The quizmaster is in a non-speaking role here, um, just Which trying is to perfect. Like, yeah, I was going to say that's yes, how we like the, him. He has no input Rare. here. He has no input here, <laughs> but um, he'd be the kind of guy that would still leave voicemail.
2: He does. I it, get one every day.
0: Yeah, like nobody leaves a voicemail. He uses a pencil. And he leaves voicemail. So, I got
1: a call this morning at 7:40. Yeah. So I mean, Honestly. our days are long enough, Honestly. right? Like 16-hour days this time of year. But apparently, 16 isn't good enough for the so quiz. Some master. of us
2: were watching the women's gold medal game till 2:30 a.m. Okay, you were too. All right, Lock of sleep. I'm impressed.
0: Anyways, back to the point that I, I just laughed, knowing that the general manager, because the, there's a there's an inverse relationship. The closer we get to the trade deadline the more information we need to get and the less people want to talk to us. Like, the GMs are great, and they talk to us a lot, and other people in, other, in, in, in all levels of organizations, they'll talk to us, but the closer it gets, it's like, I, yeah. we, well, I always call it dark side of the moon. The closer we get to the actual 3 p.m., you get further and further to being dark side of the moon where you're basically cut off at a time when you need when you really well, n- it- need that information. The other thing that's a concern and just about our jobs, and it's nature of the beast, there's nothing to do about it, is that we, because, because of Twitter, because of the interweb, which I didn't use stuff to, to deal with a long time ago, we, we literally end up doing play-by-play of negotiations. And so what you end up with is what we ended up with yesterday. So we, we, we reported the news that the Ottawa Senators now, more than ever, really for the first time, are actively engaged in talking to teams about eric carlson and so we put that story up and i don't often spend too much time on my mentions on twitter but i did this time to just to see gauge the reaction of ottawa fans and the number of times i got oh clickbait clickbait and i'm like yeah. it's not clickbait we couldn't have gone more out of our way to say we have no idea whether this is going to happen it's probably not going to happen by monday right. but here's what's happening this is news and people laughed and made a joke about, well, we say it's 50-50, Eric Carlson. Oh, well, everybody's 50-50. No, they're not. Sidney Crosby's not 50-50. Right. Malkin's not 50-50. McDavid's not 50-50. But Carlson is 50 and, and Eric
2: Carlson wasn't 50-50 two weeks ago. No, well, so, three days ago he wasn't <laughs> yeah, 50-50. I'm just saying. I mean, that's exactly it. That's the yeah. news. And and the hardest thing, I think, more than ever in, in the world where social media wants instant gratification and instant judgment and polar opposite reactions is it's the hardest story to explain is the gray as opposed to the black or white. And that's what Carlson is right now, is the gray.
0: Well, that's what everything is. That's what all these things are. People yeah. want you to say, Carlson's gonna be traded. And they want you to take a stand. Take a stand. Is Carlson gonna be traded or not? Well, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> and if you say if you say yes and you're wrong, they'll say, Well, you're an idiot, you don't know anything. If you say no and it's yes, you're an idiot. You don't know anything. Or if you report exactly what is going on at the moment that it's going on, to the best of our ability, what we think, what we believe to be the case, and and we're usually pretty, pretty reserved in how far we go out on a limb to report something. Mm-hmm. You know, reporting that they're actively engaged in trying to trade Eric Carlson – that's a news story, not clickbait.
1: No, but see, even the seasoned Bobfather learned something in this process, and that is why are you reading your mentions?
0: Yeah, exactly. I was going to say <laughs> I do that only occasionally.
1: <laughs> well, stop it! Because exactly, it's frustrating. I I did the same thing this morning, and it was again uh, similar in terms of the, the 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 conversation piece of Eric Carlson is he or isn't he? And I got the same response, like they're like, well. You know, you could have said that a month ago, and you'd have been as accurate as you are today. So there's no sense even bothering with something has definitely changed there for sure.
0: Exactly. Anyways, um, my goal today is to to radio one of you guys. Yeah. Now, Dregs for for our Bobcast listeners that aren't familiar with the concept, what exactly is getting radioed?
1: Okay. Well, I'll give you a great example um, because all of us do Montreal radio in some way, shape, or form over the course of the week, and. Um, you know, on more than one occasion in the past several months, the theory of Mark Bergevin just keeping his powder dry and going out swinging on John Tavares, if John Tavares gets to free agency, has been discussed, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you could conjure up the idea that that's exactly what Bergevin uh, would want to do and and will probably do. Um, so even though you talk about that in a in a just a real grand sort of possibility potential pie in the sky. Type of scenario, it often comes back again, either on Twitter or other varying forms of social media. Darren Dreger says the Montreal Canadiens' sole focus is to sign John Tavares as an unrestricted free agent. So I I didn't say that. I can conjure <laughs> up the idea if he goes to free agency. We've all been down that path, but that's what getting radioed is. It's normally, you know, a, a segment of what you've said on radio that is then either edited and clipped, isolated for sure, and then there's a very gratuitous headline that is attached now, to it on Twitter.
0: Having said that, are there occasions, cuz I know there are, yes, where <laughs> you radioed yourself by saying something. Wasn't there one recently? Where oh, you went probably. on, I forget what it was, uh, it was, a, it was a, just a couple of weeks ago, you went on and said something, and I looked at it and I'm like, oh my God.
1: Yeah, I can't remember. I think everybody. Greg's yes, just radioed yes, himself there. Yes. Oh, I've done it on more now, than one occasion.
0: <laughs> I, I should point out, the one thing I'm going to take credit for is coming up with the concept of being radioed. Um, and in fact, because I did it to myself, it wasn't, I, I can't blame anybody else for it. Happened during when Mike Babcock was deciding whether he was coming to Toronto or not. And I went on, I believe it was Montreal Radio, and basically just gave an opinion uh, and said, well, you, you know, we, everybody knows he's not coming to Toronto. Okay. And because at that time, that was A, my opinion, and, and B, I had reason to believe it. But it wasn't like I was reporting he's, he's ruled out Toronto. I was giving my thought. I don't believe there's any chance he's coming to Toronto. Right. And at that time, I had reason to believe that he wasn't, mm-hmm. but I wasn't going on TSN Sports Center and saying, "That's it." Mike right. Babcock has crossed Toronto off his list. Well, mm-hmm. aggregation being what it is, and people taking what you say on the radio and writing stories around it. The next thing you know, there were news stories saying Babcock is not going to Toronto. Said Bob McKenzie.
2: Well, it's because of how heavy your opinion matters, and and I always make the point on radio saying I am now spitballing. I just did it you today. Have to when I discussed what I think the Rangers, if I were the Rangers, yeah, but that be easily what added I would ask out. for. No, I know. <laughs> but if I were the Rangers, what would I ask for from Toronto and Orion McDonough deal? And I said, I would ask for a Capitan and a high pick and maybe another asset or a Dermot. I said, that's my opinion. I honestly don't know. I have no idea yeah. what the Rangers would ask for. But it's important to provide context when you're giving your opinion, as opposed to when you're sharing information that you've gotten from a source, but two different things. And yeah. I think it's hard for the three of us Sometimes to go into the opinion game, especially at this time of year, that's what you got to be careful of.
1: But that's the beauty of radio, though, right? And and we're all guilty of it. There is a feeling or a sense of freedom when you're having a conversation Free on flowing radio. Free-flowing conversation. <laughs> that, that never applies when you're staring into the camera or you feel the bright lights of television, right? I mean, we drive yeah. the Quizmaster crazy because we have conversations like this, but we're not willing to go to those lengths, per se, Um, you know, when either an insider trading because people come to us in Mm. that three, four minute block and they 100% want the facts. They don't want the speculation. We should give people,
0: the the next worst thing to being radioed is getting bannered and and (laughs) on on insider trading. Yeah. So we do insider trading and in order, (laughs) on television, you're not just allowed to go on television and talk. You there have to be graphics. There have to be there have to be banners and there has to be sidebars and there has to be yeah, this panel yeah, and yeah. that panel and pictures and, and all this stuff. So before we go in, we have to say, Well, this is what I'm talking about and then they have to put a banner together. And the quizmaster has an, has the ability to come up with a banner that you know that if there's some guy sitting in a bar and he just reads that banner and doesn't hear what you're saying, he's absolutely convinced that you just traded Sidney Crosby right. to the
2: Anaheim Ducks. Well, it's like reading the headline on an article but not clicking on the article. I mean, that's, that's the same yeah. concept, right?
0: So it, anyways, it's, uh, it's, it's fascinating. but uh, and, and that's why you're right. You're so careful and you go to extra lengths when you're on the radio to say this is strictly opinion. This is not based on inside information, mm-hmm. but... Kind of kind of goofy. Okay, we've obviously got the big day coming, trade deadline, and I think it's a much tougher day for James Duthie and all those guys on the panel because they actually have to fill the time. We sit at the back desk, and we, I always liken it, we fish. We've got our lines in the water, mm-hmm. and whether the fish are biting or they're not biting, it's the same amount of work. You cast your line the same number of times, and it's always nice and more gratifying if you haul a bunch of fish into the boat. But if you don't, you just keep on fishing until they tell you, Fishing season's expired, yeah, and so we just kind of go about our job. But what about that particular day? Um, any tremendous war stories, uh, good or bad, on uh, that particular?
1: I was thinking I, about that on the drive in. I, I I don't know if that there's one particular trade or the speculation of a player who may end up here or there. Um, it's it's a dicey one because over the last handful of years, again, it's become so difficult. For that meaningful blockbuster type of trade to happen. Mm. You know, if it's going to happen, it happens normally before the deadline. Uh, so I don't, like nothing leaps off the page to me the, or the, or the one for me, from the memory banks. The one for me,
2: and it was, I was a young guy at CP and I just remember when news came down that Chris Chelios was going to Detroit in 99 after the Wings had just won two cups in a row and now they were adding a future Hall of Fame defenseman. Just the, yeah. sort of the awe factor of that moment because there had, if I remember correctly, there wasn't that much lead up. Of the Chelios deal, I mean, it was sort of out there, but there's still that moment where the best team in hockey just added Chris Chelios. I don't know if we've had that's one of the big ones from over the years for sure. But I was thinking of one, Bob, but I, I need your permission to share it. That no, it's uh, too late. Keep going. The, the, Keep going. the, the, <laughs> the it, it involves Tim Murray. I don't, I don't watching you and I one. on TV, chuckling. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, go ahead, yeah, go ahead. That's so, fine. Since he's not uh, GMing anymore, but uh, hopefully one day will be again. But I don't even know if it was trade deadline or July first. But you and I were, without telling each other, of course, because we all have our own sources. We were, we, you and I were bugging the heck out of Tim Murray on a transaction. And he responded to both of us at the same time. And I think in his text said, look at each other, you bozos. And we, we both looked at each other and started laughing. And he could see us <laughs> on TSN in the background laughing at each other. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: We, we get texts from people who say, say, look up at the camera and wave at me, like a general manager and assistant GM or... Somebody being uh, trying to be funny on a slow uh, yeah. a slow deadline day, or uh, giving a, hey, I've got something for you, and, and and you get visibly excited, and he goes, oh, I can see you getting excited at the back desk there. <laughs> <laughs> I was just Sorry. kidding, oh. bastard. I'll
1: openly threaten uh, sources on deadline day, like <laughs> in the sense that, look, you you can either keep ignoring these texts or not take my call, but I'm going to text you or call you every five minutes. Until you respond to this. And normally... How's that work get, for you? Nah, not bad. Not bad. You get, the, you get the response eventually. I'll tell you one thing. I spend the next day texting
2: every single source, thanking them and apologizing, basically. That's what the day after the trade deadline yeah, is. Yeah, there is a
0: lot of apologizing. After well, for and being and, and it's genuine. It's genuine. Absolutely. Because yeah, we, I mean, we, we do have to push the limits. And everybody in our business <laughs> does the same thing. Do but,
1: you tell each general manager that they're the greatest? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, <laughs> I it, said it, it's uh, genuine <laughs> it's,
2: <laughs> it it's
0: actually amazing what it's become i mean yeah. you know and it, it, it's it's obviously jumped the shark a long time ago it's It's silly on one level, mm-hmm. and yet it's not silly because. People watch. The the numbers are ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Um it, do, do you remember when it really, like, I don't know if it was a Sven Boutenschein <laughs> trade years ago. That was, I mean, wasn't it, well, he was with Pittsburgh, but he was a minor the, leaguer at That best. was the
0: first trade of the day.
1: And it was like it eight, were, eight in the morning or something. Well, it was or 10 something or
0: something. Like yeah, I forget. It might've been eight or 10 or whatever, but it was, it was, and we were waiting for, what was the big trade we were waiting for that year? Was it, was it Lindros? <laughs> I think it might've been. Pretty sure it was a Lindros trade ah. or something along those lines. And, uh, and the uh, Dave Hodge had the famous line about, "Now we know who's won the Sven Butenschon sweepstakes."
1: <laughs> yeah, but that got—I mean, back then it—it, it, you know, it, there was at least some civility to it. You know, you'd cut in with an update, and it would be you well, and a host I, or I can, be somebody. I, now it's
0: the only reason I know this is because our PR department would put out a press release. This is apparently the 18th year that we've had. Oh, really? A circus? trade deadline oh. show, and and honestly. I, and whether it's the hockey insider version of PTSD I don't remember very many of them at all hey, it's like so especially funny you say that. especially the early ones I mean you know I what I remember is not having a show what I remember is being at our old studio on Shepherd Avenue in Toronto and myself and Gord Miller we that was it we would we would come into work and we would know it's the trade deadline and we would try to get information and we used to TSN during the day the TSN daily programming used to be like Bob Azumi's fishing and darts and you know motoring whatever you break
2: in with an update
0: and and there would be half uh, uh, updates on the half hour Jim yeah. Van Horn was our sports center host back then and Jim would go on and do a, uh, a 60 second or a 90 second update every 30 minutes before the dart show gave way to the fishing show or whatever the case may be and so we would feed him information if we got a trade we would give it to him, and he would do it on the half hour. Um, then it started to evolve a little bit, and it they said, "Well, you know what? If if we've got something big here, if we got a big trade, we'll just break into the programming and we'll put Jim up right away." Not us. There was no there was no yeah. desk, there was no set, there was nothing. It was just me and Gord Miller trying to find out what was going on on deadline day, and uh, and so then we started. We did that one year, and and then. It was, I believe Gord wants to take credit for him, and I'm perfectly prepared to give him credit for it, that he went to the bosses at TSN and said, you know what, the next logical step is we should have a live show while this is going on. So I think the first year we did it, we came on at Thlock, right at when the deadline's over. We, and which we, we sh-
2: should probably go back to, by the yeah, way. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you know how backed up it gets. There's a whole bunch of deals. So it was actually good. So between three and four... We broke a bunch of trades and laid it all out and analyzed them. And that was sort of the first real, real show, if I remember correctly. And then after that, it just escalated, escalated, escalated. But it reminds me of my favorite breaking of a trade story that almost got us in big trouble. It's, I can guarantee you this. This, to me, would be the fastest a trade has ever been broken in the history of our, our profession. I was on the phone with somebody from an NHL club I said, have you got anything going? And the person on the other end said, yes, just made a trade. And the trade in question was Vincent Domfus going from the Montreal Canadiens to to the San San Jose Jose Sharks. So the person said that to me. He goes, "We, we, we just got it done seconds ago. And I said, hold on a second. And I put my hand over the phone and Jim Van Horn was being counted down to a live update on the half hour. And I yelled across to him, Vincent Damfoos has been traded from Montreal to San Jose. And he goes, really? And I go, yeah, I don't know what for it. Just, just report it. So it took seconds for the person I was talking to to tell me that it had just been consummated. It took me seconds to tell Jim Van Horn, and he was literally seconds away from going on the air and reported it. And I, I can only tell you the follow-up on that one was, was huge. <laughs> was huge. That was various ownerships going to the NHL and yeah. complaining. And how does this happen? And, and what made it worse was the Canadians were on a charter to Edmonton. And Domfus was on the plane, of course. Right. Didn't know that he'd been traded. And remember back in the days, they had phones on planes and mm-hmm. they the cost about like a hundred bucks to make a, a two minute call. One of the French-language beat writers who was traveling on the Canadian's plane decided to call back to his office, and his office told him
2: oh, no. that
0: that Vincent Domfus had been traded to the San Jose Sharks while well, it spread like wildfire on the plane to Vincent Domfus. The plane landed in Edmonton. Everybody got off except Domfus. and then, if I remember correctly, the the plane either dead headed back to Montreal or Domfous, uh ended up on his way to San Jose, but that's uh that's one of the old war stories right there. Of course, the thing that we all live in fear of is uh, being wrong on deadline day oh no and and there's so many more opportunities to be wrong and and listen, you know, everybody wants to be first, but nobody wants to be wrong. I mean be right, but I'll tell you what I mean there there have been times where it's been nerve-wracking because of the nature of the the beast and and everybody, not just us, everybody. Is reporting deals before the trade call is done with the National Hockey League, and until the trade call is done, it's not an official deal. So, if something goes sideways, and it sometimes does for some reason, your your ass is flapping in the breeze big time. It's not a good feeling.
1: No, but but you know, one thing that I think we've all adjusted to over time is again not being afraid to speculate. So, you know, we'll yeah. sign on at eight o'clock, you know, Monday morning, if not earlier, depending on what's <laughs> going on. I think it's eight. Unless uh, the quizmaster
0: decided we should start at 7.
1: <laughs> we'll openly speculate on, well, here's what we think is going to happen. And as you said earlier, Bob, it is literally a play-by-play. Now, how much of that actually happens? I don't know what the percentage is, but it's not always really high. But you're not speculating unless there's a reason to talk about this player being engaged with that team. But it doesn't always happen. I, I know one thing. Uh, I, I think we broke...
2: Ginla to Los Angeles last year, right? Was it last year or the year before? You're not going there. Are no, you? no, I'm just saying. No, well, we're going though, look over there. I, I'm saying. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying. The reason I bring it up is that obviously I was sure, but it was one of those deals that I think needed one more layer of consent. But you know, it was again at L. A. And L. Yeah. A. Was hoping to make the playoffs. It's a feel good story last year, but I remember turning to you guys and saying. Are
1: we doing this? <laughs> and that's where you get a confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag confirmed. Who was the player uh, a few years ago? And it was you and I and Gord Miller. And <laughs> was it, was it, uh, it, was a goaltender? Yes, it was. Was it
0: Cristobal Huey or was it Jose Theodore? I can't remember yeah. which one. But it was it was a Washington trade, and and we we thought we had it. Gord thought he had it, and he was asking us, and we were like, I think so, but I, I don't know. And they're, 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 we're coming live in five, four, and and Gord's looking. Should I do it? Should I go with it? we like, and we're nah. like, I don't know. And and so we're looking at Gord, and it, it was surprised us as to whether he was going with it or not. And so he very tentatively started warming up and he was going down the road and then all of a sudden he just dove in. He goes, and uh, the Washington Capitals get this guy. And and I think you could visibly, if you go back and find the oh, tape yeah. somewhere, you could visibly see Dregs and I on either side of Gord, <laughs> leaning body language, leaning out, moving away from oh, Gord, yeah. disassociating ourselves. Own, oh my God. Th-
2: and, and that's the hardest part is that sometimes these two teams have a deal in principle and then they realize when they're going over the fine details, something doesn't work. Yeah. That they had misunderstood each other on whether it's retaining salary or the condition of the pick. It could be the smallest thing, and suddenly it's like a hiccup. Yeah. And sometimes though, it's the you know, news of it getting out. Yeah. That happened to me. That and could spook it, a team for sure. It
0: wasn't trade deadline. I, I had to look back at the the, the the timing of it, but it was, for whatever reason, I was breaking a trade in December of like 2001, thereabouts. I just started working at TSN full-time within that first year. And there was a trade of, I want to say it was Curtis Foster from Calgary to Atlanta or vice versa. I can't remember which one. And, and I, I thought I had it nailed. And I went with it. And rep- we reported it. And the general manager of the Calgary Flames at the time was a guy by the name of Craig Button. And Craig I know him. went batshit. He was so upset that this got out and for whatever reason. And so the next thing you know, it started to unravel. Mm-hmm. Now I've reported this thing is done, done deal. Yeah. And now I'm finding out it might not be done. Yeah. It hasn't been signed off on. Worst it had not had the trade call. Yeah. So it was like, oh, do I? And that's where you say, okay, hey, do, I, do I publicly try to fix this? And sometimes you got to go in for a dime, in for a dollar. And what you do is, well, I've reported it. So until it's absolutely not happening, I'm going to say nothing. Right. And if it goes off the rails and I have to eat crow later, then I'll eat crow. But if it gets done, it gets done. Anyways, it took literally 24 hours Oof. 24 hours, but the deal got done. Yeah. But I was on for 24 hours, I was like virtually sick to my stomach. And of course, everybody knows the other Jerome McGinley story where our good pal Wardo. Um, broke uh, a Ginla to to uh, to Boston, to Boston, Boston. and uh, he Confirmed. hadn't hadn't signed off on it, and uh, he ended up we ended up breaking later that night to, to Pittsburgh. So, and there's reasons why those things happen. No, they shouldn't I, I, and, happen, and, and, and they and to do. To be and fair, we
2: don't have to hide. Peter Shirelli, I believe, did he not come out the next
1: day? And and, and well, he
0: said we had a deal
1: done, and the but, Bruins were telling everyone in their organization. Yeah, I blame that the they, Quizmaster. Because I, in studio, said I was not entirely certain that this yeah. was happening. And my source at the time was impeccable. <laughs> and that, now, in fairness, I wasn't in the room when Wardo I was, w- I was. jumped on camera. I, I was. I wasn't
0: so, And we almost yeah. stopped them from doing it at the time because <laughs> he had a good source and they were convinced yeah. that the deal was done. A really and, good source. And it technically was, but it wasn't. Yeah. And, it, and as, they all, as I always say on deadline day... It's not a done deal until it's all done.
1: I I had a similar experience to the one that you had, Bob, and it was with the Islanders and the Edmonton Oilers. You remember the Ani-Ninema trade, and I speculated on that this was going down, and Kevin Lowe didn't come to me, but he went to the Islanders and to the National Hockey League and said, I'm pulling this deal off the table because somebody... From that organization, leaked it. Yeah. I haven't told the players yet. I mean, this is grossly disrespectful, all of those things. So it went through and all was good. We do have a minor
2: deal to right. announce. The Boston Bruins announced that uh, Frank, Vetrano, Frank Vetrano has been traded to Florida. That's been in the works for a, while. a third round pick. Yeah. And certainly Dale Talon, I think, has been trying to beef up his top nine for a while. Now, you can debate where you think Vetrano fits into that, but good young player. Um, and they've got a stockpile in Boston, but which interesting, is why available. O- interesting only enough I was going to say because I don't think the Bruins are done. So yeah. we're getting off topic here. Yeah, but, no problem. Uh, That's
0: good. Hey, you know what? Let's uh, get out of the war stories in the past. <laughs> well, I, I'm just going to say one more before we okay. go.
2: <laughs> Lula Morello is the GM that will scare counterparts and people involved in deals. And the best story I'll never forget is is uh, Corey Schneider to New Jersey on draft day in New Jersey. Yeah. No one got a sniff of that deal. That got announced on the microphone by Lou Lamorello in his own draft. And I'll never forget talking to someone in the Connects organization moments after the deal. And he said, I kid you not, Lou told us if this gets out then in the next 24 hours, I'm canceling the trade. And I don't think he was kidding. <laughs> so that's a, an example of what, you know you're talking about.
0: Well, let's try and ruin lose day. (laughs) (laughs) Four hours. All right. Um, Let's, uh, speaking of Canadian teams, let's do a quick uh, cross-Canada check-in here. I'll call out a team. We'll go west-east and you guys feel free to jump in and uh, random thoughts and we'll try and zip through this pretty quick. Vancouver Canucks, who's got what here?
2: Well, first of all, a lot of speculation about Edler. I do not believe under any circumstance that the Canucks will go to him and ask him the wave. I think there's too much respect there. And they're just not going to go to him.
0: Well, and I should point out, as of this moment, when we're doing this, which is right now, it'll be 2.48 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday, February 22nd, there have been some reports that Tampa was interested in Edler. I do not believe that Tampa has spoken to Vancouver about Edler to this point in time.
2: Right. And again, I don't think that uh, Canucks GM Jim Benning would ever go to Edler and force him into that kind of decision. They're going to respect the no move. He's played well of late, et cetera. The other guy that people were wondering about is Kristanov. Again, uh, I guess given the timing of re signing to Branson, I, again, I don't sense any appetite for the Canucks to even want to bring up his name with other teams. Now, they'll listen. That, that's right. Yeah. I was going to say he's not considered untouchable in my mind. They're two untouchables, they're Besser no. and Horvat. Yep. So if a team overwhelmed them with an offer for a guy like Kristanov, I think they'd have to yeah. listen. But they're not going around. Telling teams, you know, make an offer. should
0: also point out the untouchables for Vancouver are all their prospects. Well, yeah, of course. Pa- right, Patterson, yeah. it just it goes I the NHL. Wise, I'll say yeah. it anyways, absolutely.
1: And the heavy lifting for the Vancouver Canucks is coming in the offseason, right? I mean, they might tinker and do some things, you know, between now and Monday, but they've got to manage the Sedins at the end of the season. And yep. the they, do
0: wanna, just... they do want to move the Vanic, Move Vanek by the deadline, but there's so many goal-scoring rentals goal-scoring winger rentals available, that he's going to be on that secondary level to get a draft pick closer to 3 p.m. Eastern on on Monday. And that that may be the only thing that the Canucks do, and and their fans won't like it because they were hoping that Jim Benning was going to offload a lot of players for a lot of draft picks. And unless we miss our guess... Vanek might be the only guy that uh, that moves. Okay, let's move on. Uh, Edmonton Oilers.
1: Yeah, you know, there's the potential of Peter Chiarelli being very active because his wish list between now and the start of next season is pretty extensive. You know, you're talking about acquiring uh, a puck-moving offensive defenseman. It's not going to be easy to do. You're talking about adding a winger, somebody potentially who can play with, Connor McDavid, keep up with Connor McDavid. With like Taylor Again, Hall or
0: Jordan Eberle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm bad. Um,
1: and you're Staying talking you about a, a goaltender uh, who is going to, at the very least, push Cam Talbot to try and make him better next year. Is it possible Robin Leonard of, of the Buffalo Sabres might be a fit for the Edmonton Oilers, it's it's possible. And then the Oilers have uh, the parts that they're willing to pedal out, in Maroon and and Letestu and maybe one or two others. Uh, but, I, again, that's in a bigger picture world between now and the start of next season. So Letestu, Maroon will get traded. What's coming back that's going to be meaningful to the Edmonton Oilers is tough to say. I guess we should keep the door open whatever
2: percentage you want to give it minuscule percentage, but it's not 100%, I guess, on Maroon, because you're right. Yeah. I guess Shirely could go to Maroon's camp on Monday, and, yeah. and this is the old playbook for a GM on trade yeah. deadline day. If you want to stay, here's the number. Yeah, yeah. And So you keep that option on the, on the table.
0: Yeah, two things on Maroon. I think they probably already, in their own mind, got enough on the table in terms of an offer that would be acceptable that they're more likely to trade him than mm-hmm. sign him. But you're right, the sign option is still there. And the other thing, and I don't think he'll be a big factor, but he's day-to-day with an injury right now, not expected yeah. to play the next yeah. game. And it's only supposed to be minor, but again, you've got to be careful at this time of the year, a uh, minor well, injury. If you're, if you're an acquiring team that's paying money for good money for a rental, and then you find out the guy comes in and he's hobbled and it continues to be a problem, you can end up with egg on your face. But
2: that's a huge point, Bob, because right now teams that have been scouting Mike Green, well, Mike Green's hurt. Now yeah. He's supposed to be back yeah. soon. But yeah. again, every day counts right now in this. Ryan McDonough hasn't played of late. You know, teams want info. They want to know that when you acquire a player this time of year. Yeah, but you have he, access He shouldn't miss a game. I mean, he's yeah. here to make an impact from here on in. Okay. Calgary Flames.
1: Well, I mean, Calgary's interesting because they're in a bit of a funk right now. Um, and perhaps there's elevated pressure on Brad living to do something. I mean, Yarmer Yager is no longer part of the organization. They brought him in for a purpose. And that was to build on, on what they needed offensively. They've got Versteeg coming back probably closer to the middle of March. Uh, But it feels like they need something before that. And I know that they've expressed interest in Mike Hoffman. I know that they've got interest in Zach Smith from the Ottawa Senators. The issue for the Calgary Flames, though, if they're trying to get in on deals like that, is they don't have the draft picks, a first or second. So then it gets complicated.
2: Yeah, and we reported this earlier a couple of weeks ago. John Gillies, the goalie prospect, is an intriguing name to, to, to file away because if you don't have a first or a second round pick, you have to have a way to make deals but it may have to be more. And what I will tell you is this, I don't know if they would trade Sam Bennett. Uh, they've protected him for a long time with teams trying to vulture him. But if you're going to make a sizable deal for a top 6 forward in the next 4 days, that may be a name internally that the Flames need to start debating. Again, I don't know I don't think they want to move him at all, but if you're going to get in on the Mike Hoffman's and Max Pacioretty's of the world or Alex Galchenyuk, whatever hockey deal is out there, non-rental I think you're going to have to start to ask yourself: Do we have to think of putting Sam Bennett out? There? But I I'm think you still need a there. draft
1: pick in that. With all due respect to Sam Bennett, right, right. If, yeah, if you're acquiring Patrick or or but if you start
0: Hoffman. to put and uh, in, in this again, we're we're probably not radioing ourselves here, but we're <laughs> podcasting, we're, we're, we're Bob, Bob, Bob ourselves <laughs> here. But I mean, if you it, if you include Gillies as part of that, maybe now you know if. If you're doing a deal where it's Bennett and Gillies for a goal-scoring winger, that's much more attractive, say, to Ottawa than it would be to say Montreal. Right. For the simple fact, you know that you know yeah. you, you the know, are a potential with, later stud goaltender yeah. in Gillies. Or, well, he's mm-hmm. certainly six five, six six, whatever he is. Um, that you know potential goaltender of the future mm-hmm. might be good currency. Yeah. But you're right, Dregs. They they, they don't they're not equipped to, as well equipped to do it. But
2: but I would think Sam Bennett would intrigue them. Yeah, I, the I think you're so right. Let's not kid ourselves. No
0: young center who hasn't gotten it going the way I assumed he'd be a he'd be a high impact player. We saw him that playoff year. Yeah. We were in Calgary yeah. against Vancouver the Tremendous. year the, the year Hartley's team made the and, and, and that was a year where he came off shoulder surgery yeah. or whatever. Hartley played in junior hockey. Came up at the end of the junior season yeah. and was dynamite. And I thought he was going to be yeah. uh, basically a star number two. You know, mm-hmm. Dougie Gilmore's sort of heart and soul center,
1: yeah.
0: 200-foot player, all the cliches you want to bring out, you know, tough and smart and competitive and skilled, and it just hasn't, it hasn't materialized.
1: And, and to connect the dots here, and, and not suggesting that Calgary is going to acquire, you know, uh, a, a winger from the Ottawa Senators, mm-hmm. but Ottawa is going to try and move Hoffman, uh, or sorry, Brassard, and or Pajot, and maybe both between now and Monday. Well, mm-hmm. who's playing center for the Ottawa Senators? So yep. if you can acquire a piece like Bennett as, as part of another deal, mm-hmm. that might loosen things up in Ottawa. All right, let's
0: move on to the Winnipeg Jets.
1: Winnipeg is curious. Uh, you know, Kevin Cheveldayoff has kicked tires on uh, perhaps the top of the class. If if you want to put Derek Broussard and Rick Nash at the top of the class, he's shown interest in, in both. Uh, Broussard is complicated because Broussard needs... Well, they both need a first-round draft pick as part of the return, along with a prospect, and maybe an additional pick on top of that. So mm-hmm. it's a hefty ask. You know, Winnipeg has inquired on Maroon and Letestu. We talked about them earlier. Ryan Hartman is interesting from Chicago, and you've got that Chevalier off Chicago-Blackhawks uh, connection there. Depending on what happens, and Grabner is of some interest as well. Not mm-hmm. not significant, but limited interest in, auto, uh, in Winnipeg. So depending on what Chevalier off is able to do, up front, that's going to determine how active he can be in trying to improve the back end. his back end. Right. And, you know, so a name like Paul Martin, as an example, uh, depending on what. Shovel day off can do up front because people don't think that Winnipeg has is cap issues, but really they, they do. do. They yeah, do they, because the of their bonus. Yeah, they've
0: got they they've got four point six million dollar in bonuses last year. Yeah. four point six million dollar in bonuses this year. Yeah, they've got a whole bunch of restricted free agents and not yeah. little ones no. coming up. I don't even want to imagine what the Jacob Truba contract is going to Enormous. look like for Winnipeg. What about Josh Morrissey? Yeah. You know, Truba's partner on that shutdown mm-hmm. shutdown top pair. Yeah. Um, co- you know, uh, Hellebach, their yeah. the, their new proclaimed number 1 goaltender restricted free agent <laughs> yeah. Toby Enstrom I, they they want him back I don't know if health issues will allow him to or whatever but they they don't want him just to go off to Europe or to, to leave he's unrestricted at the end of the year so there are a lot of financial implications in terms of taking on term any deal
1: and that's that's a big issue for the winnipeg jets moving forward so he's gonna try and and part of it is 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 trying to convince blake wheeler talking about contracts down the road that this team is ready to win now Mm. like win a stanley cup now and if not now then next year well how do you do that you do that by adding pieces that are going to help the team win and i will say this maybe next
2: to tampa and boston but maybe even above those two organizations don't you think no team has a bigger toolbox in terms of assets to spend than the Winnipeg Jets right yeah. now? Young All guys. their young players, some yeah. of them ready to play. for yeah, you. I can't imagine yeah. though Traffics. that
0: Kyle Connor or Jack Roslevik no are in that mix. No. I wonder, and I don't know this. Again, n- advisory, not saying this is based <laughs> on inside information. I wonder about Nick Patan. Yes. I wonder about Brendan Lemieux. Marco yes. Deneau. Uh, you know, and, and absolutely anybody... Sammy
1: Nico in the
2: American Hockey League yeah. who's having mm-hmm. a great rookie year on uh, defense. And the first-round pick, which they've mm-hmm. never traded, but I exactly. think it's definitely in play. Yeah,
0: no, I definitely think they've got currency. And that's Agreed. where a rental actually might make more sense
2: might. for the Winnipeg
0: Jets right. than, and, than, a, than a term player. Alright, Toronto Maple Leafs. Lou's <laughs> favorite team.
2: Pierre? Well, you know, as, as Drake's first reported, I mean, they have made a call on McDonough. My sense in talking to people today was that they were uh, they were not as serious or involved yet on that front as other teams, but that can easily yeah. change. Literally, as we speak. Perhaps. By the way, I hear
0: that a lot of the teams well, that do talk to the leagues. Exactly. <laughs> they said they said they said Lou comes in real low, yeah. <laughs> real low. Yeah. When when he's interested, he comes in at the the low end of what everybody else is interested in doing, and you never know for sure whether they're mm-hmm. really in or just. I
2: mean, the top four D would be an unbelievable get for them because this is a team that can do damage. Now, they do have to go through Boston and Tampa. Ironically enough, other teams talking to similar targets as them. I just don't sense the same all-in, we'll pay whatever it takes as clearly Tampa has right now, for example. So I think the Leafs will be mysterious that way. And I think a fourth-line center probably is, 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 on, is on deck,
1: too. Yeah, and I mean, when you're looking at McDonough, you're not talking about the bigger names, but define bigger. Travis Dermott is an up-and-coming defenseman for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Some look like, Mm -hmm. suggest he'll be in their top four in the not-too-distant future. Um, That would be a great get for the Rangers. Let's not kid ourselves. But I I think that even the Rangers are realistic enough to believe that maybe he's a no-fly zone. Right. right? And likewise for Kasperi Kapanen. Again, those are the pieces that if you're really, truly getting Mm -hmm. in on Ryan McDonough... And and, and the hard part part for Toronto is that looking past this year, which they don't have a choice to
2: do, they can't live just in the moment, is that you have to plan... For life without JVR and Tyler Bozak, potentially
1: mm-hmm. that plan can so, start
2: now. Well, my point is, then you need Capitan Ka- in that scenario. So it's, yeah. it, it's that's the juggling. Toronto is more juggling, I feel, in that big picture field. And I think, whereas Tampa, let's be honest, there's a sense that they're maybe a big player away from being the team in the East. Yeah,
0: I do feel as though if Toronto gets in on something, they would much rather prefer, in a perfect world, especially if it's you know a defenseman that it would be somebody with term, somebody who they know they've got for, an, for another year. And as opposed to, you know, maybe on the fourth line center, they have to take a rental like they did with Brian Boyle a year ago.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, Which is why McDonough would fit the bill. I don't know how far they'll go on that. Yeah, but,
0: yeah. yeah. So, but, you know, and then people will make the argument, yeah. are they better off just letting things evolve for another year or two and moving Dermot up the lineup, seeing where Liljugren um, fits in, Liljugren fits in. Um, after some time in the minors, and is Andrew Nielsen a player or not for, yeah. the, for the National Hockey League? And and just let the group continue to evolve the without or, giving up assets.
2: The organic growth of so, the yes. team. And, and I, I think that's the way to go myself, but there is a strong county argument, which is based on the 2010 Blackhawks winning when Tays and Kane were making entry-level money, which yeah. is the kids are still not getting paid right now in Toronto, and it might be your last year with a third line that has a Bozak and JVR on it. What better year, in fact, to add? Now, again, I'm not I'm not saying that's where I would go. I think the organic growth makes more sense, but there yeah, is yeah, but a nice debate there.
1: Yeah, you're you're 100% right, but the organic weight doesn't make sense if that's what you're going to do, because if you believe in the evolution of the Toronto Maple Leafs and slow playing it and not going out and adding Ryan McDonough or a significant piece, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I pulled a page off Bob's playbook and I contacted a couple of general managers today just specific to James Van Riemsdyk. And I asked, what would the market be for James Van Riemsdyk? And the response that I got, he'd be top of class. He'd be the highest rental. You mean on
2: July? F- oh, you mean Today, right now, right, it right. would be a first. Oh, who knows? It would be
1: an A prospect or a couple of prospects. And again, that traditional conditional pick. You're talking about four key pieces. So, you know, for Lou to, to you know... Where or, or or kind of err on the side of well, let's see how we do in the playoffs because there's value in the experience of that process mm-hmm. versus getting all of that and maybe getting in the OEL sweepstakes or something like that in the off season. That's curious, but to of me. course, the dangerous plan. Keeping
2: JVR might mean you win a round or two maybe. because of his contribution. But I What mean, if you lose? Yeah, well, you don't know. That. I just think the Leafs are. A, I, th- I just think the Leafs
0: are a really good team right now, and I, I don't know how good they are. And it, and we've said it over and over. You got to go through, potentially got to go through both Boston and Tampa just to get out of the division. Yeah, just to get to the conference final, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and that's that's tough sledding. So, but I've I've had this feeling, and and I could be way wrong, and maybe I'll be proven way wrong by Monday at three p.m. But I've never ever felt like the Leafs are in the mode where they're gonna move any of their rentals. That that JVR, Bozak, and Komarov are all non-starters. Yeah. No, oh, I I mean Komarov's now a fourth line player, but I still think Babcock would think that his greatest value mm. is yet to come, that he's a playoff type performer. And one of their leaders. And uh that that, that would be something you know he wouldn't want to be without yeah. in the playoffs. So from the Toronto end of things, I'm not sure what the lad, but I'm as confident as I can be and which isn't confident at all, to be honest. At this time of the year, that they're not going to delete.
1: Okay, hold on. I just want to make sure I quote you right. <laughs> Toronto is not going radio to delete. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> that was an opinion. It means nothing. I'm an spit-balling. idiot. Spitballing. <laughs> yeah, just spitballing. Okay, uh, let's skip over Ottawa for a second, for obvious <laughs> reasons. Let's go to the Montreal Canadiens. What uh, what's Mark Bergevin got on the go here?
2: Well, probably not as much as he would like, because they they're, they're true. Or his fans. Well, I mean, it, it's. Usually when you're low in the standings, you want to peddle all your UFAs and get stuff for it. He only has one. It's Thomas Plachanic. And that's a tough one because emotionally that's, that's a guy who's always played for the Habs. He only wants to play for the Habs. But I think at the end of the day, they deal him to the highest bidder on Monday because the center rental market's very thin. And then, you know, potentially talk to him about returning July 1st. We'll see how all that all plays out. But I think at the end of the day... The- he wants
0: he wants to retire Montreal Canadiens. There's yeah, no I agree. no ifs, ands, or buts. He wants to... In in his perfect world, he doesn't get traded, and he signs for a one-year term... Which, which with, could also happen with on With the Monday. Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But I think he's the fallback position for maybe Jim Rutherford and the Pittsburgh Penguins mm-hmm. is a possibility. Um, we'll talk about Ottawa in a minute, but you know, everybody knows Pittsburgh's looking for a center. Is it Derek Broussard? Is it somebody else? Um, it could be Placanitz, um at the last minute. It could be Matt Cullen at the last minute, too. So the, I right. think I think Rutherford's got some fallback positions on that. Placanitz could be one of them. But, um, you know, you don't see Montreal moving uh, Patrick Reddy or Gilchenyuk? Well,
2: or? I, at this hour, I would say that there is nothing on the table, I, I believe, from talking to people around the league, that would make Mark Bergevin take a patch ready deal in, in particular and the reason for that is yes teams are calling but I don't think Mark Bergerman wants draft picks and prospects in a max patch ready deal he wants a young NHL player preferably a center who can step into his lineup and whether he ever gets that we can debate another day but I think that's why he might wait until the summer but let's wait there's still four days to go yeah I, I think a team that strikes out on Rick Nash and Evander Kane, even though those are Reynolds, not hockey deals, could still come back to Montreal hard on Pacioretty. Now,
0: we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves and talk about Carlson and Ottawa, but what we've been talking about for the last 24 to 48 hours on Carlson is in a vacuum, his value is never going to be worth more than it is right now. You could say the exact same thing about Max Patcheretti. Right. He's got a year left on his deal after this year. If somebody gets him now, they've got him potentially for two playoffs Mm-hmm. If they don't get him now, and it's, it, then it's a one-year rental, potentially.
2: More, more teams involved, but With still, yeah, it's and the same debate as Carlson, same, basically. Same debate. Now, on, on a lesser scale, we should mention before we move on from the Habs, I think that the Canadians would listen uh, uh, on Jordy Ben and David Schlemko, if only because once all the rental D go and teams start to panic that they didn't get their D, yeah. there could be some teams going to Montreal Monday saying, what's the take on Jordy Ben or David Schlemko?" I think those guys uh, could be in play.
1: I, I had a, a crazy idea thrown at me earlier this morning, and I shouldn't pass it along, but <laughs> tis the season and I'm in the mood to do it. Um, okay, let's assume that Tavares does go to free agency. Of course yeah. the Montreal Canadiens yes. are going to be right at the front of the line pouring everything possible to lure him to Montreal. No doubt about that. But what if he doesn't or they swing and miss? Yep. Now he still has that void. So... Someone suggested to me from another club or rival team, is there a way that Bergevin can move out one of those assets like a Pacioretti or a Galchenyuk or someone else and work a three way where Montreal ends up with Derek Broussard? Right? Hmm. Now, Broussard becomes at least a fallback as a number two. Now, I haven't I'm not connecting Montreal to Ottawa directly, <laughs> but but are, this, are the, is,
0: this is the, <laughs> the, the mother of all spitballs.
1: It is the mother of all spitballs. But in theory, it makes some sense, right? Because, you know, if, if you're not making the move, Pacioretty, for something that gets you back a young center in name another center on the market. Uh, I mean, Max Domi is potentially in play. We've speculated on him from the Arizona Coyotes. But more and more I dig on Max Domi, more and more I'm told he's a winger. He's not a center. Even though he's playing center. And so.
0: the last I heard on Max Domi is that is whatever, a week ago we were hearing all sorts of Max Domi talk. The word out of Arizona as recently as last night was nothing, No, nothing and, going and, and on. And
2: Montreal was one of the teams, by the way, yeah. that spoke to Arizona. Yeah. No,
0: just for what that, and as I said, we do play-by-play this stuff. It changes on a minute-by-minute, hour-by-hour basis. Yeah. But as of Wednesday night, I can tell you that the feeling in Arizona was there's zero happening. On uh, Max Domi, uh, back to Montreal for one second. Not great news on Shea Weber.
1: No, it's not. Um, you know, obviously he's he's gone through a couple of specialists. The most recent being uh, Robert Anderson, who uh, actually is uh, based at of Green Bay, Wisconsin, and he works a lot with not only the Green Bay Packers but the NFL in general. He's the surgeon that did the surgery on Eric Carlson, so he specializes. In, in the foot, the ankle, that area. So the original break I'm told that uh, that Shay Weber suffered, you know, either he came back a little too soon initially or maybe he didn't allow treatment properly initially because he's a warrior, right? And there was tendon damage that was done in that process. Um, so they didn't catch that until very recently. So he requires surgery uh, in Wisconsin, probably very early March. And it's going to be a tricky procedure from what I understand. You know, they're going to go in, they're going to check on the tendon to see whether or not the tendon can be repaired, how best to repair it. Um, And there's also the possibility that maybe they've got to, you know, uh, uh, do a a form of transplant on that tendon. So, you know, the Montreal Canadiens are optimistic that he'll be back and ready for training camp. But the bad news short term is that he's done for the rest of the season. I mean, no one would ever admit this, but let's face it: for the Canadians, it's all about Dalene right now, too.
2: Now that has this has got nothing to do with it? Clearly, no. even if they were I, in first place in the Eastern Conference, Shea Weber would be undergoing this procedure. I, but I I'm just saying, that. as a as a as an aside, though, I mean, they're not going to take any chances with anyone now in the uh, here on end.
0: Yeah, you're right. The the, the moment <clears throat> the the word filtered out that Shea Weber is being shut down for the year, people without looking understanding, into it right. and understanding that he's having surgery. That That could be really complicated and really complex and and might impact them um significantly um that oh the Canadians are shutting them down because they want a tank, yeah so they get yeah. Rasmus Stalin, believe me, they want <laughs> shea Weber healthy oh, yeah and in exactly. the and in the lineup all right, let's move to the uh, final Canadian team. We got all the Canadian teams I didn't miss anybody, did I We haven't added anybody deleted anybody uh, no, no no okay, good we got them all. Ottawa Senators, who wants to grab this one first?
1: Uh, I could start. Uh, Obviously, we begin with Eric Carlson and the watch there, and we've touched on it a little bit. Uh, I would say that there's no change. Um, It's a 50-50 scenario, which rankles some people. Um, But, you know, the reality is that there's a ton of interest in both conferences. You know, the West is slightly more than the East, which isn't surprising, probably suits Ottawa better. Um, But there are two scenarios. One is... You know, Pierre Dorian receives the boatload of assets that he requires a specific number, which would include multiple draft picks, including more than one or two first-round draft picks, um, you know, a couple at least prospects, and then some significant NHL pieces as well. That's scenario A. Scenario B is the team that's uh, willing to take on Bobby Ryan's contract, which expires in 2022 at a $7.25 million cap. Hello. Yeah, gets a, a reduction in the ask. So the multiple pieces are still multiple, but maybe not as significant. And, so, and by the
0: way, I should point out that the $7.25 million cap hit for each of the next four years is, is noteworthy, but he actually makes 7.5 million and and those teams that have players that they feel like are not earning their cap hit they hate it when the actual money being paid out is greater than the cap hit whereas some other guys their uh, their actual earnings are like a million less than what their cap hit is.
1: And and look I think it's important to know too like there's no guarantee that Eric Carlson if he's traded between now and Monday is going to extend with the team that he's traded Absolutely no guarantee. And, And that's a huge has to be a huge issue for the team that's in the mix here. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond Eric Carlson, you guys can chime in on, the, on that situation. I think Ottawa is going to be off the charts busy between now and Monday. And you think they're going to clear the decks? Brassard? All of them. Hoffman? Yes. Uh, Zach Smith. uh Oduya. Johnny Oduya. And the, the reluctance on trading both Brassard and okay. Paggio is because now who's playing center for the Ottawa Senators? Yeah. So you, you've got an ice a hockey club here. Uh, but if Pierre Dorian gets what he wants and a first round draft pick is attached to a lot of those guys, certainly to Derek Brassard and Mike Hoffman, he's going to clear the deck. Okay. So let's,
0: let's go back then to the, 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 big fish Carlson, whether he moves at this deadline or not. And I still tend to think it's less likely right. than more likely that he moves. Is it sort of like, as the quizmaster might say, crossing the river sticks that once you go across, there's no coming back that, that. This is going to happen. But they can't try and
2: sign him now this summer, even even if he doesn't move Monday. Is what you're saying? Yeah, that's right. my question. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. The the only way I guess that you you it is interesting when a season ends and everyone takes a deep breath. And this has been a very emotional year in Ottawa. Could there be a scenario in which Carlson himself takes the lead and says, "You know what"? I really want to stay. I mean, I've thought this through. Is there any way that you would sign? Well, let me ask I'm just you saying, I, I'm, Let me I'm... ask
0: you this. Let, let's say Dregs has got a good crystal ball. And let's say Broussard goes out the door. And let's say um, Hoffman goes out the door. Or Zach Smith. And let's say Zach Smith goes out the door. And future considerations come back. We'll have to obviously wait and see. A, if they go. And B, what exactly comes back? But if you're Eric Carlson and you're looking at an organization that is not a cap team, don't expect that they're going to be a cap team. I don't think that Eugene Melnick is, when he sits down and assumes they're having a negotiation at the end of this year, he sits down and says, I, I, I find it hard to believe that Eugene Melnick would sit down and say, You know what, Eric, whatever you want 10, 11, 12, 13 million, we're happy to give it to you. You're worth it. You're a franchise player. We love you. The fans love you. It's going to be perfect. And we're going to spend to the cap and we're going to surround you with all the best players to give you the best right. chance to win the Stanley Cup in the next. 2 to 4, 3 to 5 years. Do we really think that's going to happen? No. I don't. Right. No, no, I, don't
1: I, anybody, no I, I don't think anybody I don't
0: think anybody does. And so if if the if even if he says, "You know what, Eric? Franchise player, we love you. We're going to give you 10, 11, 12, 13 million, whatever you want. Fill in the numbers. We're happy to give you whatever you think it's it's worth. We'll do that deal." But it's going to be an 80 million dollar cap next year. Our budget's going to be 70 or 67 or 71. Uh, so if you take all that money, and we can't give you very good as many good teammates.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What's Carlson going to do?
1: Well, and, and look at, at Eric Carlson this week. I, I don't know if he spoke this morning, um, but he's gone AWOL from a media perspective over the, over the last three days, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I, to my knowledge, he hasn't Doesn't stepped Doesn't want to forward. lie, I guess. Well, fair <laughs> enough. I mean, he hasn't I mean, stepped it's forward, and, right? and neither is his agent, to, to push the buttons in this process in any way, shape, or form. Yeah,
0: but we should point he's going to have we, enough at some we point. We should point out, Eric Carlson... Loves Ottawa.
1: Loves the fans, His his wife is from Ottawa. Mm -hmm. His
0: wife's having a baby. They just have, I think they just built a house in Ottawa. Ottawa is not the issue. You know, the other parameters that go with it, perhaps the ownership, perhaps the money, perhaps the budget, perhaps where the team is in its evolutionary or devolutionary scale. These are all the things that go into it. We know fans want in Ottawa, most of them want to keep Eric Carlson. Who wouldn't want to keep Eric Carlson? If he's right. healthy.
1: Can you keep him in a rebuild though? And i yeah, that's, that's, you know, to this point, I think we've all thought that is it a rebuild as opposed to a renovation or a retool? Right. No, no. It's it's a rebuild now. If you yeah. trade Eric Carlson, it's, it's a rebuild. And financially speaking, you, you also have to wonder beyond Eric Carlson because Mark, Mark Stone, Stone needs is a coming. Deal. Yeah, Cody Cece isn't that far down the, the road. Their goaltending is, who knows? I mean... There are so many questions, and I think they feel like the only way that they're going to efficiently manage the rebuild is by getting the most that they can right now, and that's well, moving air. Let's
2: not kid ourselves. Part of that is after, and he's playing, um, he's their best player right now. Matt Duchesne is the best Ottawa senator right now. He's playing lights really, out. Really but really the good. reality is that was still an overpay at the end of the day, and they're now having to recoup. They're in a position now where some of their decisions are tied to the fact that they gave up a lot in that trade,
0: and and keep in mind one other thing: they gave up that first round pick. It's lottery protected, so they're in good shape for this year's lottery. Yes, right. if it should happen that the Ottawa Senators aren't very good next year, Colorado and are a lottery team, then Colorado's got a lottery pick in what will probably be known as the Jack Hughes draft. Okay, well we better move things along here. We have to go and uh, actually do a live version of insider trading. Uh, on TSN here in the not-too-distant future. So a few final thoughts. Uh, Dregs, will kick off with you.
1: Yeah, I'm curious to see what David Poyle and Nashville Predators are, are able to pay, uh, pull off in the days ahead here, because David Poyle has been uh, certainly you know, among the more active with the big game players, You know, starting with Eric Carlson. I think that in some way that Poyle and the Nashville Predators got this whole thinking started just by having communication with Pierre Dorian and the Ottawa Senators, mm-hmm. Specific to Eric Carlson. That I know. is so David Poyle. It, by the it way. is. But, you know, and, and um. uh, yesterday being Wednesday, uh, I know that he reconnected with the New York Rangers, again, kicking tires on Rick Nash, you know, and that's going to be a constant perhaps through the weekend. Um, and, you know, not that long ago, earlier this week, he was in on Thomas Tatar from <laughs> the Detroit Red Wings. So, what it tells us is the taste of the Stanley Cup final that David Poyle and the mm-hmm. Nashville Predators had last year. Is still there? And only this time, he wants to. And, and David that knows cup. that
0: he's. That David knows that he's got a good team, and he's got a nucleus that can be competitive for a while. But he also knows the the window's never been more open than it is right now. Yeah. And he's not getting any younger. No. and He's been around, and you know he's he's friends with all these guys: Jimmy Rutherford, Lou Emerald, all these guys. They've all won cups, and he's so. And he'd be the first to tell you he's so envious of them, and he he. You know, if, if there was a prize for wanting to win the Cup the most, David, just based on his seniority and his tenure in the league, would
2: be right up there. And don't forget the division his team has to come out of. The for best sure. in hockey. All those teams might improve here over the next couple of days at the deadline. He he has another move in him. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. Now, the team that, for me, is incredibly intriguing, and I, I what a spot to be in if you're Gar Snow. Your team's on the bubble. You, you've come out, and I think it's the right move because you want to sign him after the year, but... You know, you're not trading John Tavares. You've got other UFAs,
0: Josh Bailey.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, I know for a fact there's a team that that went hard at them recently on Brock Nelson, and and I don't think the Islanders obviously wanted to do it, but you're sort of you got a leg on each side of the fence. I mean, you got four first round picks over the next two years, a lot of assets there. But how can you justify trading first round picks if Tavares walks out the door at the end of the year? There's so many different variables here. And I think the Islanders are, it's just unbelievable the position they're in, in my my opinion.
0: Well, I'll be curious to see what the Tampa Bay Lightning obviously do. They're the sort of Eastern Conference version of the Nashville Predators. Mm -hmm. Insofar as a team that recently was in the cup final got a taste of what it would be like to win that cup. And they're loaded with draft picks, all sorts of prospects. Will they give up Sergeyev, the young defenseman, for a a better shot now? I'm not sure. I'm curious to see. What Steve Eiserman does, so th- that's interesting. I'm also curious to see what the rental market shakes out at. We've been talking for about Rick Nash and Michael Grabner and and Patrick Maroon and Evander Kane and you know are, are the Buffalo Sabers what are they going to get for Kane? You know, relatively young guy. Um, you know, and I, I keep hearing the teams that want him might want him for more than than just as a rental. In which case, maybe they do end up with a little more than we think they're going to get. But do those first round picks that everybody assumed would be flying off? out the door for, for rental players, do they turn out to be second-round picks? That's what I'm curious mm. to see between now and the deadline. And, and here's one completely out of left field that has no basis, in fact, whatsoever. <laughs> I'm going to really stress here that, that this is not based on anything other than my flight of fancy. I worry or wonder, is Stan Bowman going to do something? Mm-hmm. Sam Bowman's a really bold general manager, and and nobody can be happy with the way things have gone in Chicago. Um, I think you know that no, that notion that they're going to get on a run and maybe they'll maybe they'll sneak into the wild card spot just no. doesn't look like it's no, going to happen. Playoffs, it looks like yeah. it looks like it looks like it's over at least for this year. And you know, a year ago, after the, at the end of last season, I uh, we were all. You know, completely taken aback by the Brandon Saad for Artemi Panarin, and you can you can throw shade at the deal because Saad hasn't played well this year, um, but he's still a young guy who's who's got so much more going. But what I'm really curious to see whether Stan just sits on his hands, gets rid of Tommy Wingles and Lance Boma and and Jan Ruda, and and calls it a season, and and starts to look at the uh, the end, and everybody's speculating on his future and Joel Quinville's future and what have you. But I, I just wonder. Would a guy like Stan somehow be able to do something seismic that might alter the long-term future of the Chicago Blackhawks? I, I can't even imagine what it would be, but <laughs> I, I'm I, I just I just wonder sometimes about the Hawks and Stan Bowman because he is that type of guy. Anyways, uh, I want to thank uh, Darren Dreger, Pierre LeBrun, Quizmaster for taking notes and not interjecting uh, the way he does at our insider trading meeting that's going to happen here. Very briefly, as he packs up his number two pencil and his knapsack and uh, his little hat with a beanie on it, a little propeller <laughs> on top. And, uh, and away we go. We like to make fun of the quiz master, but he does a fantastic job of herding the squirrels. And that will be us. And anyways, final, uh, final comment from me. Um, this is a fun time of the year for hockey fans. It's mostly a fun time of the year for us, and we do get juiced about it, so it's an opportunity for us to, to do our best for you, the listeners. And uh, let me just say, without getting very maudlin here, that there isn't anybody that I'd rather do it with than, uh, than Dregs and Pierre and our entire team at TSN. The, the, the best part about TSN, and probably at the end of the day, the proudest we ever are of working at TSN, would be on Trade Deadline Day and Free Agent Frenzy Day. The two days of the year when it's really a level playing field between us and everybody else in the business and you can make a discretionary choice as to who you want to listen to, who you want to get your news from. And uh, historically, uh, that's been real positive for us. All right, malls, let's get this thing posted before everything we talked about is completely out of date. Okay, that's it for the At TSN Hockey every other Friday Bobcast. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you would like to submit a question on hockey or just about anything else, email it to bobcast at bellmedia.ca. That's B-O-B-C-A-S-T at bellmedia.ca and we'll try to get it on the next Bobcast. Be sure to follow me on Twitter. That's At TSN Bob McKenzie. And for great hockey coverage all year round, follow the At TSN Hockey Twitter account and make tsn.ca your source for all things hockey, especially for the Tuesday and Thursday editions of Insider Trading with myself, Darren Dreger, and Pierre Lebrun. Thanks for tuning into the Bobcast. See you next time, and have a great weekend.